This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Welcome back to the show. Time for Baldry's Beat. Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Good morning, Keith. Happy Friday. Okay, let's talk about the uh, the vaccine passport system, the vaccine card, mm-hmm. the looming in British Columbia set to kick in next month proof of vaccination required to go into a restaurant pub movie theater we all, we all know the list now what do you think about this business backlash that we're starting to see like most of the major business organizations if not all of them in the province were asking for this they're saying bring it on we mm-hmm. want this mm-hmm. but you've got individual businesses saying we're not going to go along with it we're not going to enforce it and i'm taking a look at their facebook page right now which is called bc businesses against against health pass and it's got like 80,000 80, members. Now, somebody just sent me a text and said, oh, that could be people who are just following it to know which businesses not to patronize. <laughs> so don't try, to, don't try to overinflate well, it. But is this a, is this a fringe thing no, or is this potential to be big? No, I think, uh, first, first of all, this, don't assume this, these are act, anti-vax people. This is just simply businesses who, uh, you know, the, the, the fellow in Esquimalt with uh, the cafe here, he's been vaccinated. He's not anti-vax, but he just doesn't want his staff to enforce this. Now, he's got... Well, let me play a, let me play a clip of this guy, okay, that you just mentioned him, and then I'll get your thoughts on it. So his name is Brendan Marshall, and he owns the Sunnyside Cafe near Victoria, and he's saying, look, we're just simply not going to enforce this vaccine card. Have a listen. It's been a very difficult time over the last 17 or so months uh, for our industry, the restaurant industry, and for many other industries um, with COVID and such. And it, 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 it is very difficult uh, to, you know, eventually have to say, you know, this is, does not feel right. Um, and this is starting to feel like, you know, certain individuals are being singled out here and, we just wanted to uh, step up and say, hey, you know, enough is enough. Okay, your thoughts? Well, I think he's overthinking this. But nevertheless, Esquimalt is kind of a moot point. Uh, they're approaching 90% first dose immunization right there. I just looked at the stats. There are 2,100 people in Esquimalt have yet to get a, a first dose. So the odds are that 9 out of 10 people going into his cafe at any particular moment have been immunized with at least one shot. And that's going to get to two shots pretty quick. Where there's an issue, and we talked about this yesterday, you start getting into some of these small towns around BC where yeah. the immunization rate is pretty low. Dawson Creek, notably, less than 60%. I think they're at 57%. Fort St. John, I think, is at 60%. Williams Lake at 65%. Nelson is barely over 70%. Creston is in the 60s. Enderby, Vanderhoof. You start rolling parts of Prince George have low vaccination rates. So are you going to – is it – Realistic to expect restaurant owners and pub owners in those places to rigidly enforce the vaccine passport. I think it's very unlikely. It's much more likely in urban areas where basically by the time we get to when this thing kicks in, in September, uh, we're going to be at least 85% in most urban centers, probably over 90% first doses. So it's really less of an issue in urban centers. It's going to be an issue, though, in rural areas with low vaccination numbers. Yeah, I mean, if you got a place like Dawson Creek where half the town is not vaccinated, and you're going to tell somebody, some logger coming in, that you, you can't come in and have a hamburger because yeah. you're not vaccinated. You know, I, I, could this be a situation where... 
uh, you know, the law may be on the books, but in a lot of towns in, in British Columbia, maybe it's simply not enforced, and and there won't be any backup to well, to enforce it. Like, you I know, think the, the beginning of this is probably going to be what we saw at the beginning of the mask mandate. Remember those videos of people aggressively challenging clerks, saying, "I can't, wear, you're not going to make me wear a mask." Well, that sort of faded after a while. Everybody got used to wearing a mask. At the beginning of this, I think you're going to see some unfortunate confrontations between aggressive anti-vax people. And some poor clerk or, or, yeah. or waiter or yeah. waitress who is expected to be on the front line to enforce this. Over time, I think people will accept it more. But at the beginning, I think it's going to be a rocky start in a lot of these areas with low, low vaccination numbers. And again, I feel for restaurants particularly, uh, it's not like the Canucks uh, Rogers Arena where they've got tr- staff at the doors who already are trained with security uh, situations going through bags and stuff. It's one thing to, to enforce it at uh, a Canucks game, quite another at some mom and pop uh, restaurant yeah. where you've got uh, you know staff who are not trained to deal with these confrontational uh, situations, and I think that's what we're going to see in some of these small towns. Well, I wonder if the the government might m- maybe might realize they've bitten off more they can they can chew here, and that maybe the rollout of this is is too quick. Well, let, think- let me let me play this here for you, Keith, and get your thoughts on the other side of this. So this is this is Dan Roger from the Kelowna Chamber of Commerce saying, like, you know what? Maybe just slow down a little bit here on this thing. Have a listen to this. We believe the government has set a time frame that might be unrealistic uh, because there's so much ground to cover. Your thoughts? Well, uh, it doesn't start till September, uh, so there's, it's not being rushed like tomorrow. But it's well, two weeks. Yeah, three it's, weeks. It's, I think the other uh, strategy here, quite apart from enforcing the, the vaccination passport requirement, is to try to get people vaccinated. And already we're seeing an increase in the number of people registering for vaccines. In fact, it's a significant increase. We were tracking along at about 3,500 people a day uh, registering for a first dose. Now it's upwards of 10,000 a day. So that's almost triple after the announcement of the vaccine passport. So that's accomplishing part of the strategy here. We were going up about 0.1% a day was the increase in first dose vaccinations. Now it's 0.2. We could be hitting 0.3, which means... It used to take 10 days to move one percentage point from 82 to 83. Now it's taking five days. Maybe it takes, uh, we go back to where we were a few months ago when it was, we we're going up a whole point a day. Uh, and we want to get to 80, at least 85%, if not 90%. And now this vaccination passport announcement seems to have spurred the registrations and people getting more uh, vaccinating in greater numbers, quite apart from enforcing the, the passport, which I think is an entirely different issue. I just had a fascinating conversation with Terry Lake, who's a mm. former BC health minister. He's now the head of the BC Care Association, representing the long-term care facilities in British Columbia. And he said that they are worried that they could potentially lose hundreds, hundreds of their staff if they're required to get the vaccination. Now, the government has mandated mandatory vaccination for long-term care staff, and it's set to kick in here in the next few weeks. They did a survey, and he said like hundreds of their staff who don't want to get the vaccination are, are potentially, say they're willing to quit and maybe walk across the street to the public hospital and take a job there where, well, they, where all- they don't have to get vaccinated. Well, when we've got 85% of the population vaccinated, I'm not sure long-term care, the numbers work in that situation. Well, he said it's like 20% according to their survey, which is weird, but... It seems a little high. Nevertheless, uh, interesting, Health Minister Adrian Dix dropped uh, some hints last week where he said they're looking at broadening the mandatory vaccine requirement in the the general health care population in terms of of workers. So to me, again... Uh, Dix and Dr. Henry foreshadow a lot of these things. Remember, the, 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 the passport came after 
repeated references to we can't force you to be vaccinated, but there will be consequences if you don't. Well, the consequence was the vaccine passport idea, a vaccination card. Now they're talking about broadening the man- mandatory requirement within healthcare, which to me sounds like potentially frontline workers in hospitals, nurses, doctors may be required to be vaccinated, and that may and, uh, alleviate uh, Terry Lake's fear. Well, that's what he's calling for. He's saying, look, we want mandatory vaccination in the whole sector. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, we could lose some of our people if they if they can work well, across the street. It's interesting. You see, right across North America, jurisdiction by jurisdiction, there's more and more mandatory vaccination requirements. You, yeah. you, you know, Toronto uh, City Hall, all the municipal workers have to be vaccinated. You, you see this in other jurisdictions where you are seeing an increasing number of mandatory vaccination programs, and I think you're going to see that in BC. Okay, it was interesting to see Justin Trudeau comment on this on the campaign trail this morning, where he says any province like BC that brings in a vaccine passport, uh, he's willing to step up and pay for it. So have a listen to what Trudeau had to say about this. Have a listen. So if your premier, wherever you are across the country, if your premier mandates that everyone in your local restaurant or gym or other non-essential locations must be fully vaccinated and show proof, we'll pay for the development and rollout of that program. No, we'll pay for it. It's almost like he's offloading this on the provinces. But Well, yeah, I'm not sure how much money is involved here. I think that's the least of the concern here. It's really, you start from the top priority, get people vaccinated and work back from there. If the vaccine passports work, great. In terms of getting people inoculated, Against the virus, that's great. Uh, enforcing it, completely different matter. I noticed Trudeau, he's getting some heat, I see, on social media, getting some questions from media. Not sure it was this announcement or whether there's another one this morning. He made it in a very crowded restaurant oh. with, with a lot of people not social distancing. So, uh, again, the, the risk of campaigning right now in indoor facilities is uh, a bit risky for politics. Is Trudeau in trouble here? I mean, I'm start, it's starting to feel like this is a bad gamble he's made here. Uh, well, this election's not going to plan for Trudeau. Yeah, no, it's certainly not going to plan. Yeah. But uh, I don't, is he in trouble? I'm not sure he's in trouble. Well, in terms of majority government, I don't get the sense there's a majority government out there. For, for anybody. For anybody. Yeah. yeah, so that's that's the gamble he took here, was to turn a minority into a majority. He may be stuck again with the minority. Yeah. All right, welcome back. Keith Baldry is my guest, Baldry's Beat. The phone lines are open. Star 9898 on your cell. Paul and Ladysmith. Hi, Paul. Yeah, morning, guys. This is uh, the best part of listening to CKNW's this session. Um, cool. uh, Keith and Mike, I, I was uh, listening to Dr. Anthony Fossey in the States two or three weeks back, and he was saying that unless you're wearing an N95 mask or some other mask or respirator that would pass a fit test, these masks aren't going to do a whole lot of good against the Delta variant. What's your guys' opinion? Keith? Well, obviously, a lot of time for Dr. Fauci. Uh, I don't doubt um, his science. Um, the Delta variant is fascinating. It is proving to be very combative and resilient against all sorts of measures. And right now in BC, we have a mandatory mask wearing. It's going to be interesting to chart the positivity rate over time. It has dropped in, uh, and that's the number of tests that test positive. For COVID nineteen, we're actually running about fourteen thousand tests a day now, which is well, about three times what we were a few months ago. So we're testing more, finding more COVID, but the percentage uh, right now is l- around five percent, which is okay. Has that gone down? It's gone. Last? It's gone down a little bit, but okay. where it's gone down significantly is in the Interior Health Authority, which was running very high at about fourteen, fifteen percent seven day rolling average. It's now down to ten. If that continues, that shows that mask wearing 
and the other measures being employed in interior. Remember, they've got the, the no gathering rule, the six people at a table restaurant rule, which yes, we don't right. have elsewhere. So the circuit breakers that are in place in interior seem to be having a bit of an impact. You know, I, I noticed I reported on Global last night, the hotspots in BC remain central Okanagan, but the number has is dropping in central Okanagan in terms of cases being picked up. So that's encouraging. Uh, Fauci's advice on masks, I mean, again, I would not doubt uh, Dr. Fauci, but it does seem to be having a positive impact in BC. Let's go to James on the line in White Rock. Hi, James. Hi, thanks for taking my call. Keith, I'm just curious if you heard any news about whether or not the province is going to mandate that any public transit drivers... Public, public transit... Public transit driver. Broke up there. I kind of d- doubt that we would see a vaccination mandate for that. But again, like I've been saying since the beginning of this thing, don't discount anything. Nothing's ever off the table here. But if our numbers start to go where we hope they're going to go, which is starting to go down and the hospitalizations go down, uh, that's good news. If our hospitalizations keep going up and our ICU numbers keep going up and our case numbers keep going up, don't rule anything out. All sorts of things would be on the table. But again, I, I kind of doubt that we would see a mandatory vaccine extended to that particular profession. Well, you never know. You like never you know said, nothing never is know. predictable on this. Sean and Burnaby. Hey, Sean. Yeah, I like to hear you guys talk about um, freedom of choice to do what we want with our bodies. The reasons why I'm saying this is I'm seeing government and corporations tag team together to indirectly force people to get vaccinated or become a second-class citizen. Now, that worries me because of this. At the beginning, they were talking about vaccines to save lives. Now, it's been almost two years now. If 85% of the people are vaccinated, why are they so afraid of the person who's not? If a billion people on the planet have COVID-19, let me tell you something. You're not, everyone's going to get it. And are you going to get it when okay. you're back? Okay, oh, yeah, right, whatever, whatever. Th- so thank just you. look at the stats of the United States, the number of kids now in ICUs down there, uh, the number of people dying from COVID-19. I notice in Texas there was a, a just like this gentleman, a, a champion of freedom, he called himself, don't get vaxxed, uh, don't get masked, uh, he just died in ICU. Uh, so the number of deaths in the United States is very troubling. And again, don't look outside of your jurisdiction. Look outside of BC. Look at the, what's going on in the United States. There's a lot of mayhem down there associated with COVID nineteen. I, I don't fully discount the the freedom argument because we are talking about creating a class of people who are not allowed to fully enjoy their lives. I mean, that, that's that's the reality of it. And we're told it's going to be temporary. Okay, so that's something to keep in mind. But we've heard that before. The other thing I think what we need to hear from government, I, I still think it's, you know, I'm still persuaded it's the right thing to do, but when people make the freedom argument, I respect it, but I, I also think that the government, there's, there's pressure on the government, it's incumbent on the government well, do you want, to tell us more about how this you, is going to work. Do you want your kids to go to school with a bunch of kids who don't have measles uh, vaccinations? Do you want to go to a Canucks game? So there's 20,000 people at a Canucks game, 15% of those are not vaccinated so to should the 85 percent of the people at a Cox game sit around with 3,000 people who are unvaccinated and potentially I, under- I understand the argument and like i said i'm persuaded so the, to, i'm so persuaded free- to support it but here's the thing though like 
What about the information that's collected by from these vaccine card systems? Who has access to that information? What will be done with it? How will it be safeguarded? You're, there are a lot of questions here going, around it. You're going down the anti-vax road here. That's this, not anti-vax. That, that's conspiracy. No, 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 no. That's, that's conspiracy. Not, no, right it's now, not your, anti-vax. Your, your healthcare information is already in the healthcare system. It's seen by potentially hundreds of people who have access to your healthcare files because they're healthcare professionals. Well, I mean, okay, would would law enforcement have access to it? Would immigration authorities have access to this information? I mean. I'm just saying the government, there's there's a duty on government to explain Does law enforcement have access to your health care file right now? Do they? No, they don't. Okay, well, will they have that? What about immigration? No. Okay, well, I mean, I just think that there's, nah. there's more... Nah. There is more explanation that's that, needed from government. Well, I, I don't disagree with that, but that's a little conspiracy theory-like. Well, I disagree. Okay. Too bad.